Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Risk! Hello, kids. This is Risk, the show where people tell true stories they never thought they'd dare to share. I'm Kevin Allison, and every Thursday, we release these special episodes that we're calling Classic Risk Singles. Each of these episodes features just one story from our earlier years. If you're new to Risk, you should know that the podcast can be very uncensored. This week, a story by the wonderful Elna Baker, who first shared this one on the podcast all the way back in December of 2010, Here's Elna now with a story we call Hi God. So I was born Mormon, uh, raised Mormon, grew up uh, within the Mormon faith. And, you know, aside from the things that you're taught in church, I also think as a person, I was prone to having faith. And I think that's because I love the idea that there is a God and that there's this being up there that sort of witnesses to your life. And so in spite of myself still, if I see the moon and look up at it, my first reaction is to say, you know, hi, God. As a Mormon living in New York City for eight, nine years, I didn't drink. I didn't smoke. I, um also ended every relationship I was ever in with a guy because I didn't believe in having sex before marriage and they didn't believe in that and so then the relationship would end. And so at uh, 27, still single, still not in any real significant relationship, I decided, you know what, maybe there's another way and maybe I can take a break from being Mormon and maybe I don't need God. And so I thought about it, and I had um, been in love, and the relationship had ended because of my religion. And I still thought about him, but he'd moved to Africa. We didn't speak anymore. And so I decided late one night to send essentially a non-drunken drunk email. (laughs) And I wrote, uh, hey, Matt, I'm taking a trip to Africa to South Africa, and he had moved to Zambia. And I was like, is Zambia close to South Africa? Because if it is, me and my girlfriends who I'm traveling with, we could just stop by on the way. I hope you're well, XO Elna. You know, it couldn't have been a bigger lie. I didn't have a trip to South Africa on the horizon. But whatever, I sent the email. And even though it was a total lie, it was the most direct thing in my life I had ever done because I was going after what I wanted, no matter what it cost me. And so I opened my email the next morning and I had an email from him. And they said, you know, I'd love to see you. You and your girlfriends can come stay with me. And I read that and I was like, oh, shit. I have to suddenly recruit 
female, more than one female friend to go to Africa with me. I actually managed to convince two female friends to go to Africa with me. Uh, so my girlfriends and I, we bought our tickets to, to Africa. And uh, two months later, we flew to uh, Lusaka. Now, I had already arranged with uh, Matt that uh, my girlfriends and I would spend three days in Zanzibar, which is this tiny island off the coast of Africa. And then we would fly from there down to where he lived in Zambia. And uh, we arrive in Zanzibar again, no concept of what to do, where we are. And it just so happens that we meet the daughter of the president of Zanzibar. And immediately it's like we have the key to the whole city. And she takes us swimming with the dolphins. She takes us everywhere. And then we start talking about, you know, the different sort of cultural differences uh, that they have in Zanzibar. And she tells me about this wedding tradition that they have that a new bride, if, if she's a virgin, will be initiated into the world of sex uh, by um, meeting with this woman named Biki Dude. And Biki Dude is 113 years old, and she's a sex expert. And she initiates the bride into the world of sex through movement, dance, song, and a stick. I'm like, what happens with the stick? And Natalia says, well, no one really knows. So I decide that Biki Dude is the answer. And I'm like, we have got to meet Biki Dude. So the next day, we travel to a small village in Africa and I'm escorted into the hut of an 113-year-old sex expert. And I'm like, I'm gonna ask her everything about sex, you know, from the taint to the balls. I'm, you know, I'm not holding back, you know. I'm just, what's a dirty Sanchez? You know, I don't know these things, but I want to. So we get into this, this little hut and, you know, I'm ready to just get down and dirty. And then there's this tiny dinosaur-looking old lady sitting on the ground across from me and just doesn't really feel appropriate to say any of those things. So Natalia begins by translating and she says, um, you know, she's a, uh, she's a virgin and she wants you to teach her about sex. And Biki Dude nods and she, she looks at me and she's like, oh yes, I can always tell the ones who have not been popped is what Natalia translates. So then she, um, she says to me, uh, I can't do your ritual right now, but you can ask me one question, and I will answer it. And so I'm thinking, you know, what, what is the question? And so I say, uh, Biki Dude, I only want to get married once. I only want to be with one person, really. So how do you know if you found the right one? She sort of nods, and she's like, hmm. And she says, he may not be able to give you clothes, uh, he may not give you a roof over your head. And sometimes at night when you go to bed, you will go to bed starving. But if you can do this together, you know, with a smile on each of your faces, then you know he is a good man. And I was like, that's not really what I was going for. <laughs> but it's funny because it's that moment where you suddenly realize you're like, as an American woman, I'm so typically, like, I'm like, oh, well, like, what are the top three qualities? Like, does he have a sense of humor? Like, you know, the things I'm used to analyzing, like, this woman's priorities are like, will he be able to feed me? Will he save me from the coup that's trying to burn down my village? And it was just this moment where you're looking at this woman, and you're like, I am an ass.
asshole. <laughs> and so I leave Bikidude's hut with no, no further instruction or awareness. And we wake up in the morning, we fly to, to Zambia, and uh, Matt meets us at the airport. And, you know, this is the first time we've seen each other in years, and there's that familiarity but then there's also the fact that you've both really changed and it's not the same but you know something's still there but you don't know what it is and um we uh go from there to his home and it's just this tiny box it's a really dire apartment and he uh, has two beds and he offers to sleep on the floor so everyone goes to sleep ever the impatient person that I am. I crawl down onto the floor and I'm like, hi, uh, I feel like we, you know, didn't really get to talk and so just thought we should talk now. And he's like, what's up with your life? And I'm like, oh, well, I don't know. It's a little different now. I'm, I'm not Mormon anymore. And again, like I'd been thinking about these things. I'd been questioning them, but I had not really made a direct choice. So that when I said it, I surprised myself. And he was like, oh, ah, that's, that's pretty big. I mean, that was a big part of who you were, was a Mormon. And I was like, yeah, not anymore. And then he says, he's like, oh, well, um, what do you do now? I mean, do you drink? And I was like, oh, no, 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 I don't drink. And he's like, oh, well, um, like, have you tried drugs? And I was like, oh, no, I wouldn't do that, no. He was like, uh, have you had sex? Uh, I looked at him and I said, no. But I've done, like, other stuff, which is, like, the most unconvincing answer you can give. And I say, well, you know, I don't, I don't mean to put you on the spot. I just thought, you know, I, you know, part of the reason things didn't work out between us was because of my faith, and I just thought I would let you know. And he, he nods his head, and he's like, yeah, I mean... It, it is like a, a big shift, but it doesn't really make that much of a difference because, I don't know, I, I kind of think you're still Mormon. And I'm like, oh gosh, he's, he's calling my bluff. And so I think, okay, I have to do something bold. And I have to do it now. And so in a completely out of character move, I pounce on him and I just start kissing him. And then I take my hand and I slide it down his pants, and I grab onto his penis. And it really was as though I were saying, like, would a Mormon be holding a penis? So then we're kissing, and he's kissing me back, and, and it's very a passionate moment, but I'm also, like, I am holding a penis in my hand, and I have no idea what to do with it. So for lack of knowing, I just sort of keep my hand there as though it's just sort of set on an armrest. And at first, this fine because we're still kissing but then he just sort of stops kissing me and he says uh is this all right and I take a deep breath and I'm like honestly I have no idea what I'm doing and he just grimaces and he takes my hand and he pulls it out from his pants and he's like look this is not really the perfect analogy but this is all I can think of. A 14-year-old girl may think that she's ready to have sex, but you don't really want to be the guy that shows her how. 
Uh, and we're just at very different places in our life. And so I, with the little dignity I had left, said, okay, um, I understand. I just, you know, promise me one thing. And he said, what? And I said, uh, when we wake up tomorrow, just don't let this be awkward. It proceeded to be one of the most excruciating in terms of your own ego trips of my life. I finally just decided to let go. And I woke up one morning and I went out on safari. And on the other side of the world, uh, you're so close to the equator there that the sun, literally, it's just huge. It's like fills the sky with this giant circle. And then you watch it on this perfectly flat horizon go down. And then you watch the moon immediately come up to take its place. And I remember as I was watching the sun go down and then the moon came up, it was this funny feeling of how I had traveled to the other side of the world with such uh, intention of letting go of God and of letting go of the person that I felt like I was to become something new, only to realize that even in that place, I would look up in the sky and still think, hi, God. That's all for this week's Classic Risk Singles episode. Now, don't miss out on our regular full-length episodes. There's a brand new one every Tuesday. And everything you might want to know about us is at risk-show.com.